Salut mes amis! Welcome to The Greatest Show on Dirt, Roland Garros. I'm your host, Krithi Sarov, and I'm an avid tennis player and an even bigger tennis fan. Together, we'll dive deep into one of the most prestigious and captivating sporting events in the world, Roland Garros, aka the French Open. The Greatest Show on Dirt will be your front row seat to the fascinating stories of triumph and heartbreak tennis players experience on the famed red clay, or should I say dirt, of Roland Garros. We'll also unravel the tournament's rich history, dig into both its iconic and chaotic and controversial moments, and anticipate what's to come at the tournament in 2023. So, whether you're a diehard tennis enthusiast, a casual fan, or have no clue who Rafael Nadal is, shame on you. You're in for a treat. Today's episode is all about the King of Clay, Rafael Nadal himself. 22-time Grand Slam champion, 2008 Olympic gold in singles, 2016 Olympic gold in doubles, and five-time Davis Cup winner. Rafael Nadal is my hero. When I doubt myself or when I'm stressed or anxious, I often ask myself, what would Rafa do? Or how would Rafa react? There's a really funny video of him during a Wimbledon press conference. And I might only find it funny because I'm obsessed with tennis, but I'm not really sure what the interview exactly asked Rafa, but he responded by saying, if, if, if doesn't exist. That's just so iconic and For someone who worries a lot, like myself, I have a lot of what-ifs or what-if-that. And just to hear him in his Mallorcan accent honestly and matter-of-factly say if, if, if doesn't exist really just impacted me and helps me sometimes when I'm worried about something. So that was just a little anecdote. But now on to the episode. I really love and admire Rafa because of his character and mentality. So during this episode, I wanted to share some of my favorite Nadal quotes and connect these quotes to important parts of his life so that by the end of the episode, you'll know Rafa like the back of your hand. Okay, so here is the first quote. However great your dedication, you never win anything on your own. Let's go back in time to 1986. Rafa Nadal was born in Mallorca, an island off the coast of Spain. From the very beginning, Rafa's team, the people around him, they were so integral in his development and his success. He has a sporting gene, that's for sure. His uncle, Miguel Angel Nadal, played for FC Barcelona and the Spanish national team. Strangely enough, though, Rafa is a huge Real Madrid fan because his dad is a big Real Madrid fan and because Rafa's a big Real Madrid fan, I'm a Real Madrid fan. I actually got to see them play in 2018 and it was such an amazing experience. Rafa's other uncle, Tony Nadal, became Rafa's tennis coach actually when he was, I think, three or four years old. So even when Rafa was winning all of his titles and became world number one, Tony was a huge, huge presence in his team and really has grown with Rafa. Well, Rafa has grown with Uncle Tony, actually. Uncle Tony, as he's called in the tennis world, even encouraged Rafa to play left-handed tennis. And this is a really big deal. You see, Rafa is a natural righty, but Tony observed that all of Rafa's power 
was concentrated in his left hand, while most of Rafa's touch and feeling was concentrated in his right hand. So, he made Rafa play left-handed tennis. And guys, being a lefty in tennis is a huge advantage. Lefty forehands often have a higher bounce, more spin, they're more loopy, and this caused someone like Roger Federer, for instance, who is a right-handed player with a one-handed backhand, a lot of difficulty. And Rafa's right hand is also really strong and it's really good because he is a natural righty, so Rafa basically has two forehands, which is a pretty big advantage and has contributed to a lot of his success. Family is so important to Rafa. He still lives really close to his parents, and his whole tennis career would really not have been possible without the teamwork and the cooperation that his family did to give Rafa the best opportunity to really flourish and grow as a tennis player. I really recommend reading some of Rafa's auto, not autobiographies, some of his biographies because you get an insight into his early life. His parents also instilled a sense of humility in Rafa and this is a really big part of his character as a whole. My second quote I think will resonate with many athletes and people in competitive situations. Losing is not my enemy. Fear of losing is my enemy. It's a bit of a mind or brain twister, but essentially Rafa is saying that to be scared of losing is what can bring someone down. Losing itself is not bad but being scared to lose is bad. I think for many athletes, we are scared to lose, and this right here is what makes us lose in the end. We end up playing tight, we end up not going for things, we end up being defensive, and I think this applies to not only athletes, but really anybody in any walk of life. But I'll use the sporting analogy because we have to go into matches and games knowing that losing can happen and it will happen, but we must play to win and play because we are not fearful of losing, but because we want to win. Rafa plays every match to win. Rafa doesn't play scared tennis. And I think a great example of him embodying this is when he first played Roger Federer in singles in Miami in 2004. And this was the start of a very long rivalry and friendship between the two players. But Federer, at the time of this match, was literally on top of the world. He was winning titles left and right, and Federer losing just didn't happen during this time period. Then along came Rafa... And Rafa wasn't scared of losing to Federer. He came out on the court with a mindset of playing to win, and he won, beating in prime Federer very solidly a 6-3-6-3 scoreline. And that's a pretty great achievement for a mere 17-year-old. The next quote is, Even if I have already peaked, I have to believe I can improve. If you ask any tennis fan, They will say that Rafa's defining characteristic is the fact that he's always finding ways to improve. Rafa's always tinkering and adjusting his game, finding small ways here and there to be better. And I think an example of this is how Rafa has adjusted his game to play on grass courts. Rafa Nadal is called the King of Clay for a reason. He has won Roland Garros a 
He is one Roland Garros. Rafa Nadal is called the King of Clay for a reason. He has won the French Open an outstanding 14 times. Isn't that just absurd? Like, it's so crazy. This year, Rafa is missing the 2023 Roland Garros because his body is pretty much breaking down and he needs to give himself some rest. And this is the first time that he's missed this tournament since 2004. Since before I was born. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, he is the ultimate clay quarter. And French tennis veteran Nicolas Mahout recently described Rafa at the French Open in a very um, enlightening way, I guess. He said, when you play Roland Garros 14 times, you tell yourself you had a good career. When you win 14 matches there, that's not too bad at all. When you get to the second week 14 times, you are one of the great players. And when you win the title 14 times, there is no way to comprehend that. There are no words. So you have Rafa, this sensational clay court player that he is, but he wanted to win Wimbledon so badly. That was the one tournament that was the most coveted thing for Rafa. And the issue was Rafa's game wasn't suited for the grass courts. He is a clay court player, like he grew up with clay courts, but his game, when he was younger, it really wasn't suited for the grass courts. Rafa could have, you know, just stopped with just being a great clay court player, like many other Spaniards have done in the past. But what sets him apart from just being the king of clay to being one of the greatest to ever play the game of tennis is his willingness to adapt his game to get used to the grass. After losing the Wimbledon finals in 2007, he was super disappointed and sad, but he came back the next year to win his first Wimbledon title, defeating Roger Federer in 4 hours and 48 minutes. And I'll read out the scoreline, it was pretty great. 6-4, 6-4, 6-7, 5-7 in the tiebreaker, 6-7, 8-10 in the tiebreaker, and 9-7 in the final set. And this is often described as the greatest tennis match ever played. I was too young to remember the match, but I've gone back and watched it and watched several documentaries about this specific match, and it really was such a historic and monumental match. The clay court Nadal won Wimbledon, the trophy that was always his most coveted, because he really decided to adjust his game and constantly find ways to improve. The next quote is, I think the doubts are good in life. The people who don't have doubts, I think only two things, arrogance or not intelligence. In 2015 and 2016, Rafa was not playing his best tennis. In 2015, Rafa didn't win a Grand Slam or a Masters 1000 event. And a Masters 1000 event is the level of event right below a Grand Slam. Rafa was playing without confidence, and his his opponents really started to feel like they could actually beat Nadal. While Rafa still played every point like his life depended on it, he wasn't able to win those big and important points. His forehand was wonky and even the untrained eye could see how he was struggling so much to just find rhythm in his shots. 
But what I really admire about Rafa during these two challenging years is the fact that he didn't hide from the public what he was feeling. Rafa was honest and upfront about his struggles with his inner confidence, and he was open about how he was doubting himself, doubting his forehand, and I think it's important for people to see their heroes and idols struggle and doubt themselves because that's really a part of being human. This ties in with my favorite quote from Rafa. I learned during all my career to enjoy suffering. I really appreciate this quote from Rafa because he's had a pretty challenging career dealing with loads of injuries and to hear him say that he enjoys the struggle and enjoys struggling is eye-opening and goes to show that a lot of life will be hard and a lot of life will be a struggle, but that's really what builds us up. This is why despite everything that Rafa has done, all of his accomplishments, all of his awards, achievements, he is a really good hero because he has perspective and he's made tons of mistakes, he's lost, and he's done things wrong and he really just knows that that's part of being human and he shows that. What happened after those rough two years, one might ask? Well, Rafa went on to win many more tournaments, including eight more Grand Slams. The next quote and the final quote is, Enduring means accepting. Accepting things as they are and not as you wish them to be. And then looking ahead, not behind. This final quote I think is really relevant to where Rafa is right now. Like I said before, Rafa is not playing Roland Garros this year because his body won't let him. Yet instead of sulking about it, he's accepting this fact and looking towards how he can get back to a good level from here. Instead of dwelling on his setbacks, Rafa has accepted them as a part of the sport and focused on his recovery and comeback. And as for Rafa's comeback, in a recent press conference he said that he thinks 2024 will be his last season on tour, and that's so sad. He says that, but I like this, he says that it's not a goodbye tour, but one last fight. I love that, but I will be very, very sad when he leaves the game. The first time I saw Rafa in person was at Wimbledon in 2017. We were walking around the grounds, devouring the Wimbledon renowned strawberries and cream, and stumbled upon a huge crowd outside one of the practice courts. Who could it have been? It was Rafa. There he was, literally 10 feet in front of me, ripping his massive forehands and smashing serves. It was an awe-inspiring moment for me and my parents. Last year, I was so lucky to see Rafa again at the U.S. Open on Arthur Ashe Stadium. My friend and I had seats that were in the nosebleeds, but we found a way to actually sneak onto the courtside level and got to see Rafa play a whole match right in front of us with the most amazing view ever. We even got to move around the stadium and we sat right behind Rafa's box and this was probably the coolest experience of my life just to see these people who are so important in Rafa's life Literally, they were sitting right in front of me. And I could see his coaches, his family members, and that was truly one of the best experiences. And how we snuck onto Arthur Ashe courtside, now that's a secret I will never tell. They say that you shouldn't really meet your heroes, but I think that if I were to meet Rafa, he would not disappoint. 
I'm really manifesting that I'll meet him one day. Going back to the French Open, Nadal's reign in Paris is one of the great achievements in any sport. He has become as much a part of Roland Garros as the red clay itself. But this June, someone new will reign at Roland Garros. Who will it be? Let's discuss that in the next episode. Stay tuned.